So Money Episode 665, Ask Farnoosh with special co-host, she's back, Kimmy Green. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. You're listening to So Money, everyone. Happy Friday, December 15th, 2017. Two weeks to go until 2018. And if you're me, you have a lot to get done in the next two weeks, including work and personal stuff, school-related stuff for my kiddos. Uh, just, I wish that the days had another maybe like four to five hours per day, um, just so I could sleep more. And I don't really want to do more. I just want to catch up on sleep and feel uh, whole again. Parents, when does that ever happen? Write to me, let me know, and I will look forward to that date. I'll put it on my calendar. All right. Uh, because we have only two weeks left to the end of the year, I wanted to dedicate today's Ask Farnoosh to answering some sort of, you know, end of year conundrums, uh, financial quizzicals that we have around how to budget this time of year, prepare for the new year. Of course, holidays always bring up a ton of budgeting and money and spending questions. And I have brought back on my pal, Kimmy Green who you might remember Kimmy from previous episodes. She's been uh, very helpful coming on and giving us her perspectives as both, uh, you know, an entrepreneur and she works for Intuit and she and I have been uh, collaborating a lot on the Mint brand over the past year. She's also a mom of two. She uh, has done it all and comes with a ton of great insights. And so I want to welcome her and say happy early holidays. Thanks, Farnoosh. I'm so excited to be back and be back in New York as well. Right, because you live on the West Coast. I'm so jealous this time of year. Uh, how's it going out there just in terms of, you know, this time of year? What's anything different happening on the West Coast that's not happening here? Well, I mean, my gosh, New York is a magical place to be this time of year during the holidays. But unfortunately, I would love to say we have it figured out on the West Coast. And it isn't crazy with kids during the holidays and work ra- wrapping up year-end demands. But unfortunately, I think it's the same for all all of us, whether in the coast or in the middle of the country. So excited to tackle that one today. Yeah. And you are mom of two little ones. Tell us who, how, what old, how old are they and where are they in their lives right now? Of course, the girls are three and five. So I have preschool and kindergarten. I am weathering the first year of being part of our public school system. And really, gosh, the emails, the emails has been the biggest thing this year. It really takes it up a notch. And once you've got that, then you've got all the events. Um, my husband travels for work. He's actually in Europe right now as we speak. So it's a great week to be gone right before we head out for the holidays next week. So yeah, that's what we've got going on. Well, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your advice with us. I know you've got a lot going on. So let's get right to it, okay? Let's let's talk about what's on Jessica's money mind. She lives on the West Coast like you. Uh, she is married and has two children like you. Is this you? I don't know. What's going on here? Um, she says her parents and siblings live over on the East Coast, and I actually can relate to this. My parents are on, are on the West Coast. I'm here out in New York. She says that she has offered to host the holidays at their home, but her family wants to stay where they live and have her come to them. This sounds all too familiar. Um, she says the problem isn't that it's so expensive. I mean, that is a, a consideration. 
Um, but it's really like all the accommodations. I mean, for me, the reason we haven't gone out to the West Coast since our daughter was born was because like I'm having anxiety around like the car seats and the strollers and the gear and the all the like formula I have to pack. And of course I can have my mom maybe get me some stuff out there, but it's just, it's a lot to, to take on. So she's really wondering how do they negotiate with her family over the holidays? Is that even a possibility? Have you had this experience? I have totally had this experience for Noosh and Jessica I hear you I my family's not quite as far from coast to coast like Farnoosh you have but they're in Colorado and we've been out in California for two years and usually it was my sister going to see her in-laws but I was always planted in Colorado right near home and home wherever you're from that's where your family traditions are so I absolutely get your family's point of view too and really wanting to lure you back to home base so that those traditions can be magic not only for you but the next generation for your kids Yeah. And I mean, I would suggest because the holidays are so hectic and expensive, getting a flight around Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever, it's, um, they take advantage of you. So if it's really tough this year, why not the first week of January or the last week of December? I know that vacations don't often fall on those times of year, but if you can get a break from work, um, on an off week, make that maybe your, your gathering time and maybe pick a a midpoint destination. So it's something that each family has to, um, participate in to some extent, but it, that could be a new tradition that you start, you know, finding a new place to explore as a now a blended family. Well, I think that that's exactly like what do new traditions look like? So you guys also have a right living where you live to start new traditions and not always be beholden to the way things have been done for the last handful of years. So one of the things we've done is kind of gone on an every other year schedule where we'll go back, we'll anchor ourselves in the traditions that have been years in the making, and then we'll also invite the family out here. And unfortunately, my sister isn't able to join on those years. She goes back to her in-laws, but my parents have made the commitment to come out to us on those off years. So we all gather the parents with both siblings um, and our extended families, and then my parents come out to us. At least that's how we've tackled it the last two years. It saved us a little bit of money in the travel and everything, but it really has opened a new opportunity for what do the holidays look like. But try talking about it. Maybe this year might not be the best year, but after the holiday season, to say like, these parts were awesome. These are the parts I feel like I'm missing. Yeah. And make it a conversation. So obviously come to the table with your ideas, but it's not like this is what has to happen pronto. Um, and one other thing I might add to that is, you know, if money is really not the issue, you could say, look, um, we have, it's a lot, it's a lot of stress for us to travel as a big family of four with young kids to another coast during the holidays. What if we bought your plane tickets and that's our Christmas gift to you so that you can come and we can still be together. That's just something to throw out there. If again, money's no object and you want to uphold the tradition. Right. I mean, and you can make, if you are paying for those tickets and I've got four of them that I booked for December 22nd, um, when we get there, you know, my parents really do try and jump in with lending a car so that we don't have to have the added expense of renting a car or perhaps the people who you're coming to visit, those family members can buy the groceries a little bit more. So you're not having those day-to-day expenses since you already had such a big outlay, let alone shipping gifts or bringing an extra suitcase or whatever the case may be. All right, Jessica, good luck to you and your family and happy holidays. Next, we've got Leslie, uh, Kimmy. She swore that this year was going to be her year to take control of her finances, uh, but she feels like she didn't really come even halfway close to meeting her goals. She still has student loans to pay off. She still needs to contribute more um, 
you know, with more effort to her retirement accounts. And she also wants to save money for fun. (laughs) Uh, One goal she did meet though, she says, was starting a side hustle. Congrats, Leslie. So now that she's earning more and she's hoping to tackle her goals as we approach the new year, how can she actually make those goals a reality? I, I definitely think making more money helps and that's probably a great start. Well, we've totally talked about that before, Farnoosh. Like the ability to diversify where your income comes from is a great way to help pay down bills. More money equals the greater ability to just spend it in places that meet your financial goals. But otherwise, A, first off, congratulations for getting this far. I mean, for being aware, whether we've got two weeks left of the year or, you know, a whole nother 12 months ahead of us, like you're having the conversation with yourself at the end of the year. And so you may not have gotten as far as you'd like, but pat on the back for being able to be self-aware about where your financial goals are. And second, you know, perhaps try checking in mid-year next year. Really have the same conversation you're having now in June, because that will give you runway to course correct. And if you can set yourself a bigger goal and, you know, put pictures out and be really mindful of what those goals will look like in the future, why you're making the changes you're making in the way you spend money, that may help too. Yeah, visualization. I also think compartmentalizing the side income, the side gig income can be really helpful when you know exactly what this extra $80 a week that you're making is going to benefit. So it's perhaps the first goal you want to tackle are those student loans or the the, the savings cushion, you know, making a very concerted and deliberate effort to be like, okay, I made the extra 80 bucks or 90 bucks or whatever you make, that's automatically going into this particular funneled goal. Um, I think that also is a psychological behavioral trick that we can all benefit from in addition to um, visualization. But yeah, Leslie, we love the side hustle here at So Money and congrats to you. And for sure, the new year is going to be a much more fruitful one for you. Uh, We're confident of that. All right, Matt, his family is all about the gift giving (laughs) and it stresses him out because he's on a tight budget and there's so many family members to get gifts for, he says. So any ideas on how he can convince his family to tone it down or maybe a great gift that's not super expensive? So really quick, I'll share an anecdote with you, Matt. I was at my in-laws earlier uh, around Thanksgiving and they threw out the idea of a gift uh, share kind of like, you know, you, you draw someone's name and they were like, you know, this isn't about the money, but now there are grandkids and listen, by December, it's really hard to give a gift that is meaningful. Cause like you've had the whole year to buy yourself stuff. You have everything you need. Your family hasn't seen you all year. They don't know what you're into. And, and so it becomes really stressful. Um, having to buy for one person as opposed to eight can make a real difference, uh, in, in how you approach the whole concept of gift giving and you can be more thoughtful about it. And I listen, it was music to my ears. I was like, can we do this this year? And they said, let's do this next year because we're kind of bringing this up at the, like the last minute, but listen, I would have started it as soon as possible if it was, if it was my idea. Um, and I think that I've always wanted to suggest this, but as someone who was like of the sort of younger generation in the family, I didn't think it was my place to be like, Hey, grandparents and parents, uh, in, uh, in, in other, and also my in-laws, you know, it wasn't like my immediate family. I didn't feel it was my place to be like, here's what I think we should do. But, um, I'm so glad that they offered it because it it's going to save us a lot of hassle. We've absolutely done this, Farnoosh, and done it in the last three or four years in our family because there's really just six of us adults, but it was getting sort of out of hand. You're like, if I just spend like 
75 to $100 a person. That's a lot of money. And so you're like $1,000 on adult gifts by the time stocking stuffers and a book. And, you know, if I was a charitable donation, because that felt like a good thing to do in somebody's name. I mean, it was getting out of control. And so right now we've decided that you pick names out of a hat. You can't have your spouse. What you do with your spouse, that's your each couple's, you know, but I can have my parents, I can have my sister, I can have my brother-in-law, and um, and you get higher quality gifts. It makes the gift giving a little bit more fun because it's not like, how can I fit six or eight gifts, Matt, for you, like, into my budget? But if I get to really spend $250 on one person... That's a much higher quality gift. And that's not just one gift. Like maybe it is a book and some socks and some often stocking stuffers. Um, We buy stocking stuffers for everybody in our house and then do the one gift or one person that you're gifting to. I like stocking stuffers. It's like appetizers. I like having the variety. I like having the mixture. Um, Because it's really like the one thing that you want. You know, you want maybe a bunch of little things. Um, I would also say that if you're looking for thoughtful gifts, you brought up charity. You know, Kimmy, I think that's a great way to uh, really give forward as you're giving to a a loved one. And if it's uh, something that they're really into, a cause that they're really passionate about, then I think that's a really meaningful gift and not one that you have to even disclose how much you gave, right? You can just be like, I've made a, do- a contribution in your honor and um, and have Merry Christmas. And so, uh, Matt, I commend you for wanting to be the family member who wants to kind of, you know, uh, put a, put a, ha- get a handle on the gift giving. Um, hopefully you're starting a new tradition. And listen, if you're feeling this way, I'm sure there are other family members who are in the same boat and would appreciate you maybe raising your voice. And Farnoosh, I love this. You know, thinking outside the box on gift giving, there was one year where we actually decided in addition to picking names, we would all make a gift for that person. So you would buy them a bigger gift, maybe buy them a book or, and what was your made gift? And we were also nervous. I'm going to give a shout out to dad during the holiday seasons. He's not known as being the most creative person. He's not hashtag creative class. Um, What was he going to come up with? And he went downstairs. He has a bunch of old, like, coffee cans of screws and whatever and vices, none of which he uses and comes back up and wraps this thing. We had an old pair of skis in the house and he took the front binding off like a 1940s. It was a head binding, super vintage, all metal, nailed it onto a piece of wood. And when he gift gave it to the person and we've grown up in Colorado, so skiing's a big deal for us. It was a paperweight and super cute. And I was just like that rocked that he pulled that one out of a hat and that was how he dealt with making a gift. See, we're all capable of being creative, even even Kimmy's dad. Okay, good luck. Julie now, she's got three daughters, Kimmy, and wants to know if we have any tips for teaching children that the holidays are not always about presents. It's hard because she comes from a big family and it seems like every house they visit through the holidays, her daughters are getting gifts all the time. And I know that last year was very much, that was the case with our son. I mean, the grandparents get so excited. The aunts and the uncles are so excited to give gifts to, to Evan. Um, as parents, we don't allow him to open everything at once. Um, if there are more gifts that my grandmother wants, that his grandmother wants to give him, I say like, give them to me and I will space them out over like the next few months because there's no need to open up. Like even for his birthday, we do this. We don't open up all the presents at once. And then the other day I said to him, because it's not just about you. What do you think we should get daddy? What do you think we should get Mimi? What do you think we should get your baby sister? So he's also thinking about, you know, what kinds of special things can we do for other people? Because it's not, it's not just another birthday. 
This one is huge Farnoosh. I mean, it ha- it starts at Halloween, just this whole notion of what were these holidays for in the first place. And you go through Thanksgiving and how do you give it all meaning? I mean, we've been chatting a bunch about traditions. I think the notion of making ornaments or cooking together or, you know, to your point, even coming up with the list of gifts is really important to make the holidays more meaningful in a different way outside of the gifts. And I I was encouraged by somebody this year to think of gratitude. I I expressed like, I have anxiety going into what this next month is going to look like. How are we going to get everything done for work? How, you know, December is the most expensive month. We historically see this in men. Everybody goes beyond their budgets in every category in the month of December. And so, you know, we, how was I going to get through it? And someone's like, every day, write something down, put it in a jar. And on December 31st, open that up and just see how you did get through the month. Like all the things you're grateful for. Well, that makes me curious. What other trends do you see this month based on mint usage and and the the way people are kind of, uh, I don't know, managing their accounts on on the app? Right. I mean, absolutely. Charitable giving, this is the biggest month for charitable giving by far. There's obviously a tax benefit to that as well as just people opening up their hearts and their wallets. In addition, travel. I mean, you do think we get a lot of requests for how do I manage my travel budget in the summer months, but that's spread across June, July, August. Travel, you know, all of us gets blown out of the water and it is an expense time to buy tickets. All right. Good luck, Julie. And last but not least, Mark, he says, now looking to the new year, what can I be doing to set realistic financial goals for myself? It seems like we all make these resolutions. We only stick to them for the first couple of months. How can I hold myself accountable? What should be on my checklist? How often should I check in? This is sort of similar to how Jessica is feeling. She made a resolution in 2017 to tackle debt and save more and felt like she uh, did not deliver on those fronts. And I think to your point, Kimmy, you know, making sure that you're checking in with yourself regularly, like not obsessively, Mark, you don't have to do it every day or week, but have points of awareness throughout maybe um, every at the end of the month or at the end of the quarter to make sure that you are on track. And if you did have a bad week of spending or you didn't, maybe you weren't able to contribute to your 401k as much in the first quarter that you can somehow move things around to up that contribution. But it has to be a conscious and really, uh, I guess, proactive thing. You can't just uh, like make a budget and then hope that it's going to work everything itself out the rest of the month, the rest of the year. Unfortunately, it's not. The activity of budgeting is where it all starts, not where it all ends, Farnoosh. And so absolutely, it's setting some goals and being mindful of those goals. I mean, do those goals really fulfill you both from a short-term and long-term perspective? Um, you need to know, yes, I do want to travel and I don't want to travel just once for one big trip. I have a handful of weekends. So don't leave those weekends out of your budget because that will only feel make things feel worse come April, let alone come September, October. And he wants to know how he can hold himself more accountable. And there have been studies around, you know, telling people what your goals are. So it's been proven that, you know, saving money and having the intention to save in a silo without sharing it with others, whether that's like, you know, on your blog or just telling family members, or sometimes people go on social media and Facebook and be like, these are my top goals for the year. It keeps you accountable. I don't know what it is. Call it like the secret, like putting your your intentions out there in the universe. I do think that it does make you feel more responsible with these goals. Um, You want to kind of follow through so that you can tell people later, like this actually did happen. And people who, so the, the study found that people who 
tell others that they have these goals around money management and saving end up not just saving more frequently, but ultimately saving more money in the end as well. So find a money buddy, as I sometimes say, or just tell your partner, your colleagues, get a community around you to rally around you to support you because this is not something that is intended for you to go alone. Absolutely, Mark. Shout it from the rooftops. I mean, the more we talk about this all the time, you know, it's it's kind of scary to talk about money. People say money is not a sexy topic, but why does that have to be the case as we all head into 2018? Let's be there for each other and help each other meet our goals. And the more we talk about it, whether we're talking about our goals or just what's coming up, what feels expensive, what feels inexpensive, what's a great deal is going to help all of us in the long run. And I think the same thing goes if you're looking at making a career shift and that feels really scary. Tell people where you want to be because then there's more people out there networking for you to help make those transition happen as we head into the new year. That reminds me, Kimmy, I had been profiling a guy named Aaron on the Mint blog who was, it was his goal starting earlier in 2017 to, I think, shed like $11,000 in credit card debt. And so I was checking in with him a couple of times, a few times. He reminded me, I need to check in with him again because we're coming up on a year and I'd be really interested to see how far his goals have come along. But he really loved that I was keeping him accountable because I would literally email him like every few months, how's it going? And truth be told, he was having setbacks and because life happens, but he was always going back to the goal, right? Which is like, okay, I had a bad month, but now we have a new month and I'm going to be a little bit more conscious. And um, fortunately, he has a girlfriend who's also really supportive and the two of them teamwork, you know, they're getting him out of debt. So I will be checking on you, Aaron, coming soon. Thank you so much, Mark and Julie, Matt, Leslie, Jessica. Happy holidays to everybody. And Kimmy, thank you so much for joining me. This is fun. Thanks, Furnish. We always have a blast. I mean, again, it is about talking about these topics and it's it's not being shy. We are all vulnerable and knowing that we can do anything, but we can't do everything. And that comes to our money too, is really important. Yeah. You're no shyness around here. All right. Uh, thank you so much. And by the way, if you missed any of this, just go to so money podcast.com and you can download the transcript and listen to the audio, share it with your friends. Uh, you know, Matt, if you want to throw me under the bus and tell your family that this lady who hosts a podcast suggested, you know, a gift share, I would be happy to take the bullet for you. Okay. Have them listen to this podcast and, and let me know how it goes. Happy holidays, everyone. And I hope your weekend is so money.